0: Welcome to Brain Pain, where we explore the vast world of psychology. I want to thank you for being here. And I remind you that I'm not a psychologist, nor therapist, nor counselor. We're just discussing ideas and uh, possibilities within the world of psychology. I am the holder of a master's degree in psychology, and I am a doctoral student in psychology. I thought for this week... I would talk about a couple different things. I'm going to start off by mentioning that I did mark this as adult, uh, simply because I'm going to touch on a few subjects that I wouldn't want kids exposed to directly. Um, And it's nothing graphic, it's just the concepts. I also want to point out that I know that I took two weeks off. That was due to travel that I knew was happening. I went down to speak at a conference, and I went down to take some vacation following that. So today I'm really going to talk about what the next eight weeks holds. I took a month off of uh, school. I did that to finish writing a script, which is not finished, but it's a lot closer than it was. I was very disciplined with my writing. As will happen, the story went its own direction, and, uh, and so now I am going to finish that up with a little tighter personal schedule. So what's coming in the next eight weeks? Well, I'm actually starting a class on advanced psychopathology. We're going to talk about uh, PTSD probably a lot these next two months. I have to make a video for the class and speak on a subject that the DSM-5 clarifies as a mental illness. My plan is to do PTSD, as my current plan is to work with foster children and veterans in the future, combat veterans specifically. And what do they have in common? High rates of PTSD. Uh, Initial studies that I looked at show foster children, and around 20% of them have PTSD in children in foster care. That's a much higher rate than the general populace and the initial studies that i looked at for combat veterans they run about 17% give or take uh, 17% have PTSD now there are other studies that showed as low as 6 and some studies that showed as high as 31 but most of the studies show it hanging somewhere around 17% that again is much higher than the general population and we understand that because We know that the way PTSD works is the more traumas that you are exposed to, the more likely you are to develop PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, in case anyone doesn't know. Now, there are a couple other things we'll be talking about, and I'm kind of excited to get into it um, in the next eight weeks, so I can get into it in detail. One is uh, psychopathology versus social construct. What social construct versus, what, what is that? Social construct versus psychopathology. Come on, John, what is it? Well, there's an idea out there that all mental illness is just behavior that doesn't match the social construct that you live in. Which would mean that mental illness would vary from culture to culture. We plan to get on into that fairly fairly deeply at least for uh, one of the papers that i have to do uh, the other the other part of that specific paper uh, looks to be these are these are vignettes they basically give you a situation they give you information about a patient that you're seeing and you have to work from that to come up with a primary diagnosis and then comorbidities which means simply other things that may be wrong at the same time, other things they may be dealing with at the same time. So just because you have one illness doesn't mean you don't have another kind of thing. So that's comorbidity. And so in that, we have the one that uh, covers psychopathology versus social construct. We have uh, an eating disorder, it appears, just on First first Look, that uh, is part of that paper. The description is a, is a girl who's severely underweight and has pressures at school, and there's a number of other things. But what we have to do in this exercise is specifically look at the DSM-5 and go line by line and say, does this meet the criteria as diagnosed by the DSM-5, which I've mentioned in previous podcasts? There's um, and this is why I marked this one specifically as adult because one of the things that we're going to talk about also in the paper is sexual abuse. There's a case where it appears that there has been sexual abuse of a child. That is heartbreaking, but if I'm going to work with foster children, it's a reality that I'm probably going to have to deal with more than I really want to believe it happens. And it is a a sad state of things, but it it is a reality that we deal with in this world. I've read a number of studies that say that the sexual abuse of children is vastly underreported. Now, when they say children versus young adults, there's some argument over that age. But specifically, what we're talking about is uh, children under the age of 14, and that's um, that's pretty horrific. Not something any of us really want to believe people would do but I have in my work with unk's place I have seen I've seen the results of it it's not pretty I took the entire group out as a Christmas gift partially to the foster parent who was housing I think it was 6 children at the time and partially for the kids so we went to the what do they call it. It's basically a trampoline park and I forget the name of the one in Dayton, Ohio, but that's where I was at the time and we went to the trampoline park and the kids had a blast. But there was one girl in the group and she acted very strangely toward me initially. I noticed a couple things that didn't make a lot of sense um that uh, were specific to her case and I I said, "You know, I'm I'm not a psychologist, but I went to the foster care and I said, "You really need to make sure that you tell her caseworker about these things, um, but I was I was she was relatively new to the home, and she's one of the kids that didn't know me well yet, and so of course I gave her space and left her alone, let her do her thing. You know, we all had pizza and sodas, and we had a good time, but it struck me that there might be something wrong, and sure enough, they went to the caseworker, who then made sure she got made sure this little girl was uh, screened, and they found significant evidence to show uh, a lot of sexual abuse for a little 8-year-old girl. And I was heartbroken, but I'm I'm glad that they found out and they were able to start working with her to help her deal with something that's not her fault. So anyway, I, I've talked about this longer than I really had planned to, but that is one of the things that uh, we'll be talking about the results of and what happens when and it'll be a little bit heartbreaking so I will always make sure to warn you and I will always mark those conversations as adult conversations uh, because I don't really think that's something we want to expose children to if they don't need to be. So after this eight weeks and this is the other thing I want to get into is the next class is actually cultural diversity and there are some people who believe that cultural diversity doesn't matter or it's natural or there's a number of things that they believe that I would really encourage you to listen as we explore it. Um, from some of my initial studies there, uh, diversity is not natural. Not in most parts of the world. Most, most parts, that's where you have clans and you have, uh, have in-groups and out-groups is what they call them. Now, they're not always based on what you might think that they would be based on. A study, one of the studies I read was not best, the in-groups and out-groups were not based on ethnicity. They were not based on religion. They were based on income category. It was done in private schools to see what kind of groups formed, and all the kids knew who the ultra-rich were and who the rich were and who the slightly rich were, and they hung out in those groups. It was a socioeconomic in-group and out-group. Which I found to be interesting because it was not what I expected, because I thought that it was uh, it would be like traditionally you have a, you have a bunch of people that look like you and who have the same beliefs as you or religion, and that's who you hang out with. That was not the case. I'm also seeing, and I, I, I actually was joking the other day about the environment that my day job that I work in is extremely diverse, and we are extremely capable. And I, I've kind of sort of started to develop an idea that diversity works when there's a lot of diversity, but I've noticed that when there are just two, like it's just men and women, or just black and white, or just Latino and Asian, there seems to be the us against them, which would make sense in the studies that I've read. Whereas in my day job, we have uh, Latinos of various different backgrounds. Uh, we have Asian, a couple different backgrounds, we have uh, black, white. We have one guy who is half. Uh, see, his mother was Mexican, his father was Greek. So we have, I mean, we have significant diversity where I work, and they work really, really well together. Um, I have worked in places where it's just uh, two groups. You pick out, pick ethnicity, religion, uh, genders, whatever, and it doesn't seem to work as well. So I think if you have more than two, two, and you you can make the in groups be. And outgroups be us as the in-group versus the outgroup would be anybody not in our department. And that seems to be the way it breaks out now. And that is a great way to be. But then in reality, it's taken to this point really for ease of travel, ease of mobility, for diversity to really be able to spring to the levels that it can now, at least in the United States. I, I guarantee you go to India you won't see the diversity you see in the United States. I I guarantee you you go to China, you won't see the diversity you see in the United States. The most heterogeneous, I want to say that Norway was, it's it's someplace in Scandinavia, one of the Scandinavian countries, is the most heterogeneous groups in the world, meaning they have the least diversity in the world. And I want to say it's Norway, but I'd have to go back and look. Anyway, I got off topic a little bit there, but that the diversity should be interesting too, because I see in daily in my daily work that the cultural backgrounds make a huge difference on how people do the same work. Uh, it's really kind of interesting to be able to to see it in action. They both get the work done, they both do quality work, but if their their backgrounds are extremely different, they may there's some practices that uh, that are very different. All right. So now that I've drifted and talked to almost at random <laughs> about the things that are coming up, and we'll get more into detail on, uh, on those subjects, I want to say that uh, I'm really glad that you're here listening. I am surprised at the number of listeners I have throughout the world, and I'm not even sure how everyone got here, but I'm glad you're here. So remember to take care of each other, take care of yourself. Rock on.